Welcome to this shifting moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers. And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice. And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities. We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. Experiencing love. When most of us think of love, we think of affection. And we look at our lives and we see a clear lack of unconditional love. It gives us the impression that nobody loves us in a way that assures us that we are, in fact, lovable. We look to our friendships and our families, and it can seem that they are anything but examples of love that we want or feel we need. But there is room for questioning here, because when we think of love, when we think of affection, these are not necessarily the same things. A love expressed through affection can include touching, physical holding, emotional support, and intimacy. But sometimes this of love, this type of love can feel weak. Maybe we do have some of these qualities, but they fall short of what we would like. Again, reaffirming our not feeling lovable. But gestures of love are not always identical with love. Although we may not experience the physicality of love, the affection and the stroking or the intimacy, maybe we do feel a sense of unconditional concern and commitment. That is, in fact, unconditional love. But because that love is not expressed in terms of affection, it's easy to leave it largely unperceived. When we don't feel that we are loved, the negative consequences to our self-image can be significant. It can cause a loss of confidence that, that is entirely focused on what we feel we are lacking in our relationships. The programs of recovery help us to recognize that we cannot always believe our thinking and that just because we feel something doesn't mean that it's a fact. Our work is to learn to give that love to ourselves in terms of treating ourselves lovingly and kindly. If our feeling lovable does depend upon something outside of us, on someone else's actions or behavior, we risk sabotaging our own growth toward love. One of the sayings of recovery, let me love you until you can love yourself, had a strange feeling for me initially. I'm not sure what the original intent was, but when it was turned around, I heard it interpreted as, when I can learn to show true love for another, I'm going to begin to have love for myself. This changed the perspective from focusing on me and what I, w and what I was or was not getting, and it flipped it around to what I was giving. It allowed me to see that the love I had to offer was not just about affection and the physical self. It was more about concern and commitment. I had spent a lifetime focusing on what I was getting and what I was not getting, 
And when I started to give to others what I most needed for myself, I was capable of having a different experience of love. Wow. Wow. Well, before, because I always feel like I front load all these before I, I jump in. Um, what does that feel like to you? And what stood out for you just reading that? You know, I hadn't read it in a while. I wrote that a while back. Again, that's, you know, one of the readings from my upcoming book. And um, yeah, it. I mean, I, I tell you that, you know, when I focus on me giving love instead of getting love, um, it really does change it for me. I I am, you know, in a new relationship and it's feeling great and it's never been something I thought I would have in my life. And I think it really has come from me not focusing on what I'm getting or not getting. Um, and, and that's been, that's been a real shift for me. Um, because I, you know, even with long-term sobriety, that was one of the things that, wow, how come I'm not, what, nobody loves me? And I really felt unlovable. And that was one of the, that was one of my big struggles during my life was feeling unlovable. And, um, and a lot of it came from me, not necessarily having the greatest relationship with me and having some confusion around who I was and who I wasn't. But, um, and that's why this reading is so important for me. And I think, I think the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, or at least my recovery program teaches me that. And I, I learned that from my mentor, um, that it was my responsibility to go out and give what I was needing other people to give to me. That's fascinating. Yeah. I think that part of some recovery journeys is kind of listing out some amends and, and, and seeing where you need to kind of clean some stuff up and, in my journey, like I, I sat down to write that list and I just couldn't think of any, <laughs> even mm -hmm. though I've, I've been the most destructive human being probably on the planet for a little bit of time. Um, I couldn't come up with people that I needed to like basically make amends to. And, mm -hmm. uh, and my mentor basically told me, it was like, okay, well, how many people do you think owe you an amend? <laughs> And I was like, oh, I can list you all day long. And he was like, yeah, that, that's the problem. So we're going to go ahead and write all of those down and we'll do that. So I, I think that's the thing. It's it's a it's a paradigm shift almost. It's, it's it what you think all of those arrows need to be pointing towards you. You need to point all those arrows back out into the world because really that's what you're missing. It's the connection of using that part of yourself in your life that is causing you to want all of that. You know, it's yeah. it it's counterintuitive. It's giving it away to, to keep it, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think to me, I think that's what the spiritual perspective does. It helps us to have, it, it's that perspective shift, you know? And I think that's why recovery is a spiritual journey. And I, I think it, you don't have to necessarily get it only from being in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, but if anybody out there is doing real spiritual work and that's what josh and i try to focus on here and that's i think what this book is about too is it really is you know what is that that spiritual perspective it's a perspective of inclusivity you know and so if i'm giving love if i'm needing to be loved I, part of me is recognizing that everybody's needing to be loved mm, that's it yeah 
that's totally it. And you, you're I, almost you're recognizing a need not just in yourself, but like if you put that broader, which I think is the healthier view, you're recognizing a need in the universe, and yeah. that's what's lighting you up is the fact that you recognize that there's a hole here, <laughs> and I, what I could do could maybe help fill that space exactly. while I'm here. You know? Exactly, because yeah. a lot of the anger and a lot of the division in the world, I think, are people not getting what they feel they need. You know, and I and it's not just about touch. It's not just about having a partner or or companionship. It really is about having people see you. It's about being heard. It's about listening to you. It's about re, you know really understanding. You know, one of the one of the great spiritual. Um, I, I can't even remember where it came from. It's like uh, most people are not really needing to be loved. They don't. It's not about being feeling loved. Most people need to be understood. That's exactly right. That's it. That nails it right on the head. They they need to understand themselves too. I think mm -hmm. the big thing I'm realizing with a little bit of distance from my worst parts was that like it was a complete lack of understanding of who I was. And I, I think finding that in sort of a, a recovery journey and then just just walking through that, but understanding for me to feel that love, to feel the people around me love me at my lowest point was shocking and almost like detestable to me. It was like, how could you possibly like, this isn't fair. Like I've done nothing to deserve. Like it's bullshit love. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the most powerful kind of love is the love that we would say that's bullshit because it doesn't mean anything. It means everything. Like it is. that's the kind of love that shows up regardless of how anything is going. It's and, that's and, it. And, and that's what this, I think this reading kind of talks about that. It's not about intimacy. It's not about touch. It's not about yeah. caressing. It's about concern and commitment. There it is. Concern and commitment. Concern in and there commitment. Is, care and showing up <laughs> that's, yeah that's what it is and, yeah. and and i think for for you and by the way everybody out there in podcast land um josh is turning two years sober two tomorrow years. i will be a and, sober toddler uh, a sober toddler he is um and his life is nothing short of a miracle today mm -hmm. and um i'm so glad to have you apart i remember two years ago um this was a, a turning point a in the podcast and we didn't <laughs> right. we didn't know if we were going to go on and um you know to me you know i have so much love for you and i uh -huh. think that manifested itself in in commitment and concern and um i think it kind of ultimately it mm -hmm. kind of materialized in in a form of trust that you well, were capable of showing up and that you do have integrity and it came from you know me kind of believing in you and to me i think yeah. that's a form of concern and commitment and i think this reading kind of elucidates that perfectly it does it does i mean in it that uh yeah so for those that don't know two years ago i had relapsed and we were doing this podcast and we were both <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, obviously I was like, let's keep going. Richard, you know, was very, very correct in thinking maybe this is not a great idea. Um, and like just the, the, the trust that you offered me in that space, like honestly gave me enough space to learn to love myself again. And I, we talk about this 
all the time between Richard and I, but not much on the podcast. But, you know, those early days of the podcast for me waking up really early, I was living in a sober living. Like I was in it. Like we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about someone in the midst of it. We were in it. And like reading those readings, um, listening to that, responding to that um, helped me go, oh, like I don't need to be a pastor to be loved. I don't need to be this title to be loved. And I don't, I don't need this title to talk about God, to talk about my soul, to talk about my heart, to talk about spirit. All of that stuff is available, you know, without that. And in all honesty, I think God was really kind of saying, I want an unprofessional relationship with you (laughs) for as long as I can get it. Because for so long, that's all it was. It was just a transactional professional relationship. Um, But yeah, that space that, that allowed that belovedness I don't even know if that's a word, but that belovedness to be known, like, like Mm -hmm. my deep down, you've always been loved. You just didn't know it yet (laughs) kind of stuff. Um, it, it gave space for that and it gave it a home. And I think that's, um, that's what a lot of people need in certain moments in their Mm -hmm. life is someone to come along and say, nah, you know, my commitment is to this person and it's not to a set of rules or regulations or anything like that. And we'll just, we're going to, we're going to see how this one goes. <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. that was the stance. And it was a really loving stance of just like, I just don't fuck it up. It was yeah. completely outside the box. And I think yeah. to me, I think you were being led to a different way of talking about the spiritual life and talking totally. about, about, uh, about love and talking, you know, using the language that's a little bit different than you would hear in the, the kind of environment that you were engaging that spiritual That's work totally. and um and it all came together through us through our mutual recovery you know right. and i um you know i had people telling me that they didn't think it was a good idea <laughs> they were probably right <laughs> i was there going richard burr what are you doing and <laughs> and um but part of it too was um i believed in this work you know, mm-hmm. and you were helping me to be able to kind of verbalize and voice this work in a different way. Mm-hmm. And because you saw the value of, of this type of spirituality, we see all kinds of spirituality out in the world. And you and I are talking mm-hmm. about it a lot. Yep. And people yep. slap a spiritual label on and just about anything, <laughs> on just about anything, you yep. know, yeah. it's like a tomato or whatever, <laughs> you know. And, and, and we got to be really careful of that, you know, because it's not, it's, it's, um, it's, there is spiritual work that's beneficial and there's spiritual work that's kind of hiding out, you know, and it's kind of totally kind of focused on, on being happy all the time, you know? Yeah. Or just what, you know, I think, I think the difference in my spiritual life from like two years ago to now has been, it was all about what, you know before and now it's all about what i'm doing <laughs> so it, yeah. it really is like it's a it it seems like a subtle shift but it's a huge shift in perspective of like i'm not just i'm not just a, a believer in something i'm right I'm enacting a life uh that i want to show up for and in that like i have practices i engage with mm-hmm. i have work that i engage with and i don't that work is you know, it could be a tainted word, but that work is really just purpose. It's meaning. Mm-hmm. Like I get to mm-hmm. show up and engage with something on a daily level. And out of that, I get this really wonderful life, you know? Um, yeah. 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 And I think that comes back to commitment and concern. Yes. You know, when, when our actions reflect commitment, it means that we're engaged, you mm-hmm. know, and engagement 
is is another term for for being loving you know yeah. and 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 caring yeah well i just i love that phrase of commitment and concern i think it's it's a beautiful kind of stance to be in the world because mm-hmm. it's not it's not overstepping it's not understepping it's saying i'm committed and i'm concerned like so concern doesn't mean like i'm head over heels in love and i'll go <laughs> jump mm-hmm. off of a rail train but all it means is i care I'm, about I'm, you i genuinely care about you i'm here and i care, and i've yeah. made a commitment to step I, into this i care about your well-being and i'm committed to your well-being to the best of my ability but i'm also concerned and committed to myself that's it and i think so often like we're we're missing one of those pieces so mm-hmm. we're either over committed which i would call just like you know hardcore orthodox religion mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of a thing or we're we're just we're all concerned um and there's no sort of commitment so we'll care a bunch and we'll go oh my god can you believe what's going on over here but i haven't mm-hmm. done anything about that <laughs> like you know like Correct. i mean that, that's that without the commitment without the two of them together they're really kind of like like trains right. off the tracks you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work um but i love viewing those both together and that isn't that's that such crazy a, yeah, yeah that's such a beautiful way of yeah concern, the concern and commitment mm-hmm. and so if your concern and commitment for somebody else causes you to lose concern and commitment for yourself that could be a little bit of codependency there it is right right right, right? right. it's like i'm 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 saying yes to you and ultimately mm. it's a no to me. And so we got, mm. we have to kind of walk that, that, that tightrope, that balancing act and not yeah. overly care for somebody else to the, to the extent that it causes us to not be of concern and commitment to our, our own self. Yeah. Well, and can, yeah, part of that concern and commitment, like the other element of that, which I think is in the commitment, part of it is just the trust, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you, because if we're helicoptering around someone <laughs> and constantly kind of snigger, there's no trust there. There's no, that's, that's really a lack of concern. It's, it's right. more of like, I know you're going to mess this up <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. an attitude. That's fear-based. Um, yeah, that's kind of fear-based, you know? Yes. And so concern yes. can move yes, into absolutely. fear. And so we got to be careful of that. So, um, right. and it really is just about paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Just and and I love that. I love that. Like you know, another line um, that you had in there was the "Let me love you until uh, uh, until I love myself," um, mm-hmm. which I thought was another great kind of thing with concern and care. It's like, okay, you don't have that yet. Like, let me come alongside you and help you in that. And then almost, I love that. It's almost like then the training wheels come off at a certain point. <laughs> like we'll love you into your own loving, which is mm-hmm. yeah, it's such a it's such a crazy dynamic that it happens that way. So that's great. Do you want to take us out? Yeah, with, let's uh, take with us out with the reading. I I love that discussion today. Uh, it was that was really powerful. So, experiencing love. When most of us think of love, we think of affection, and we look at our lives and we see a clear lack of unconditional love. It gives us the impression that nobody loves us in a way that assures us that we are in fact lovable. We look to our friendships and our families, and it can seem that they are anything but examples of the love that we want or feel we need. But there is room for questioning here, because when we think of love and when we think of affection, these are not necessarily the same things. A love expressed through affection can include touching, physical holding, emotional support, and intimacy, but sometimes this this type of love can feel weak. Maybe we do have some of these qualities, but they fall short of what we would like. 
again, reaffirming our not feeling lovable. But gestures of love are not always identical with love. Although we may not experience the physicality of love, the affection of stroking or intimacy, maybe we do feel a sense of unconditional concern and commitment. That is, in fact, unconditional love. But because that love is not expressed in terms of affection, it's easy to leave it largely unperceived. When we don't feel that we are loved, the negative consequences to our self-image can be significant. It can cause a loss of confidence that is entirely focused on what we feel we are lacking in our relationships. The programs of recovery help us to recognize that we cannot always believe our thinking and that just because we feel something doesn't mean that it is a fact. Our work is to learn to give that love to ourselves in terms of treating ourselves lovingly and kindly. If our feeling lovable does depend upon something outside of us, on someone else's actions or behavior, we risk sabotaging our own growth towards love. One of the sayings of recovery, let me love you until you can love yourself, had a strange feeling for me initially. I'm not sure what the original intent was, but when it was turned around, I heard it interpreted as, when I can learn to show true love for another, I'm going to begin to have love for myself. This changed the perspective from focusing on me and what I was or was not getting, and it flipped it around to what I was giving. It allowed me to see that the love I had to offer was not just about affection and physical self, but more about concern and commitment. I had spent a lifetime focusing on what I was getting and what I was not getting, and when I started to give to others what I most needed for myself, I was capable of having a different experience of love. Thank you.